Hello, we are so excited to have Jason Chalabit with us today. I have known Jason personally for over 20 years in my ministry here at Porterfield and his ministry that he has had in the Philippines. We have seen God bless his ministry from the Bible College and then the other projects that he has done. And he's gonna be sharing with you in this video uh, more about that work as Allison interviews him. So I hope that what you hear and what you see will inspire you and encourage you to think about how you can support this ministry through prayer, through financial giving, in whatever way that God leads you because it is a worthy work for the kingdom of Jesus. Jason, thank you so much for being here with us today. We're excited to have you. We know you traveled a far, far distance to get here. Um, so just introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you and your family and how you got into missions. Well, first and foremost, I would like uh, to thank Fortyfield Baptist for being uh, a partner for a partner uh, with us in our ministry back in the Philippines. And it's been like more than two decades that you've been supporting our ministry. Well, anyway, uh, my name again is uh, Jason Tulabot, and um, I've been a missionary for 25 years. And I got saved from Catholicism. I heard the gospel from, from one of my cousins who invited me to attend a Sunday school. So I still remember that time when I came and attended uh, the first time, I heard the gospel, and right there and there, I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And since my salvation, God gave me a burden uh, to, to spread the gospel. And, and right after I graduated my high school, I went to attend a youth camp. And that's where I surrendered my life for full-time service. So after my high school days, I went to the Bible college for four years back in the Philippines. And I didn't know that now um, I, I will be coming over uh, in the States for further education. And that's how I ended up going to Marietta Bible College okay. down in Marietta, Ohio. And after two years or three years of training and education, we went back to the Philippines and started churches. And, and when I get back in 1996, and that's how I met my wife. And we started dating, and God bless us with five <laughs> wonderful children. Oh, wow. And um, our eldest, she is, uh, well, her name is Krisha May, and she's now 23. And, and God gave her also an opportunity to come to the States mm -hmm. for further education. And then our, 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 our second eldest son, his name is Alan Jasper, and he's now 22 years old. And he's now in his uh, fourth year in civil engineering course. Oh, wow. Smarty uh, pants. Yeah, <laughs> by the way, my daughter just finished her Bachelor of, bachelor of Education for Elementary okay. Education. So she will be continuing her schooling here in Marietta for Bachelor of Religious Education. Great. And then my daughter, she is now 17 years old, and her name is Princess Jiren. And she's back in the Philippines with my two other son, 
and and my next son, his name is Alan. Uh, no, his name is uh, uh, Milka Jael, and he's 15, and he was born here in the states. Mm-hmm. And as you remember, the time when he was born, the first responder we have is Pastor Mark. Oh wow! Eaton. <laughs> he came over to help us in in uh, in the hospital in in Marietta Memorial. Mm. Uh, he helped us in 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 all of our needs. And I think even the church um, help us with with diapers and baby clothes and everything. So that's why this church has, has a yeah. big impact with my family. And then our youngest son, his um, his his name is Tristan Rex Jazer, and he's now twelve years old. And they're all back in the Philippines, okay. and um, and they are such a big help in our ministry, also in in. In, in our country. Yeah, that's so special that Mark got to be at the hospital with you guys. I didn't oh, yeah. know that. Yeah. He's like uh, a father, mm-hmm. you know. He's like a father. He's but... like a godparent or something. Oh yeah, yeah. probably that's the right <laughs> word. I remember when 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 I asked my 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 wife to the hospital. He's the first one who was there, and he's he's he got an extended hand in helping yeah. us. That's so he says a blessing. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about your work in the Philippines and and how you kind of launched your ministry there. Yeah, well, um, as part of Independent Baptist Mission for Asian, I'm a missionary of Independent Baptist Mission for Asian, and uh, our our main philosophy of mission is to reach the national. Uh, to train the national to reach the national. Okay. So basically, my ministry is on to um, seeking national and train them, mm-hmm. and to equip them to reach out other national. So basically, we are in the mission of training our own people to start churches. Okay. Uh, and and it's been working on right now. As I said, I've been a missionary for twenty five years. Mm-hmm. And I've seen our church grow. I mean, I've seen men and women surrendering their life for full-time service. And we were training them. And out in my 25 years in the ministry, I've seen other 23 churches that were started wow. as a result of that philosophy of mission. That's, that's a, a good number. It really shows how God's been able to work through you guys. Um, what other ways has your ministry grown? Like, in terms of, because you, you say 23 churches, but what what else is there? Because I know there's so much that you guys do. Yeah, uh, as I said, we're not only focused on, on church planting, mm-hmm. but we're also doing some training, okay. like in the Bible Institute. Uh, in our ministry, we, we used to have, uh, because of the pandemic, we have to close it down. Mm-hmm. But we used to have a Bible Institute, wherein we cater young people who wanted to be trained uh, for full-time service. Okay. So we, we housed them for three years. And after three years, after we after educating them and equip them for three years, we have to send them out into different localities and do the same thing to to win souls, to reach the national, and to to train others to, to start churches. Okay. What's your, your typical approach when you um, share the gospel with people? Um, is it more conversational, or uh, what? What does that look like for you guys in your context? Well, culturally, because uh, I know we got some different culture yes. around the world, and and we use different kind of, of approaches. 
Well, I've seen in our area, I've, I've, I've seen three different approaches that we've been using. Uh, I think number one what, uh, is what we call the <laughs> is relational approach. Okay. Uh, which is, what is this relational approach? I try to become a friend to everybody. Um, I try to reach down to their level and, uh, and to be a friend, to be a friend with them. And, and, and I find that very effective because, mm -hmm. you know, as a pastor, you need to be, uh, you need to be friend for everybody. Not only re uh, relational, but also what we called, uh, the, you, you, uh, I, I, I get words here, like the connection. Okay. Uh, connection, which, which I said, referral. So what I do with our people, I ask our members, uh, if they know someone that we could visit. Okay. I will use the connection of that member to go out and visit their friends. It should be it. It would be their 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 relatives. Yeah. So it's a, it's a referral thing. Yeah. It could be their their I mean uh, work buddies and mm -hmm. everything, and it's been working because yeah. mostly they would not turn you down because you have someone that they know. Right. They're giving you the connection. Yeah, the connection. Yep. So and and lastly is what we call invitational approach i in, i encourage our member to get involved with with this uh, program because what we do i ask our member if they can open their house for their relatives if they could prefer if they, if they could prepare some meals mm -hmm. snacks or or dinner and then they will invite their neighbors to come and then right there and there i can stand and preach yeah so they would not see gospel as I'm, we're not trying to push the, gasp, the right. gospel to them, but we're trying to go to their level. Yeah. Well, as we know that Philippines is in the third world country, mm -hmm. and everybody, I mean, most of the people are hungry. Yes. I not, was going to say, nobody would turn down a meal in yeah, a home, you know? <laughs> that, and I've seen that, and yeah. that's why I tried that approach. So, so we asked our members if they could prepare some meal, yeah. snacks, or anything that mm -hmm. we could... And then they will invite their friends, work buddies or relatives. And then from there, I can just preach and share the gospel. Yeah. So those are the three approaches that we use. That's um, good. The relational, connection, and invitational. Yeah. And of course, um, the most effective of all is that personal approach, which I go on door knocking. We have a set date that okay. I bring my, some of our members and we go out door knocking okay and I think that's still an effective approach yeah also with 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 the Philippines we use the gospel tracts distribution okay uh, we go to public school uh, which most of our members uh, participated on that in fact we just launched this program uh, I mean I just we just uh, during the time of pandemic uh, we started this program with our members I involve them in, in tracks distribution. I okay. encourage them to participate. And I've seen young people, even adults, uh, they'll go out. We even have an, an, a lady. She is 74 years old. Oh, wow. And uh, <laughs> you know what she does every morning? She will go, she will stand in the middle of the road. You mean I gotta believe that, but this is what <laughs> she told me. Every morning she will be on the middle of the road and stopping every traffic. 
Yeah, just handing out tracks. Yeah, and she was handing out, mm -hmm. and she won't let anyone cross the road <laughs> unless she'll, they'll get that that gospel tracks, oh. and it's been effective. Yeah, and I've seen our young people also uh, say. I mean, since our school just reopened this August, uh, last August, okay. and it's been closed for more than two years. Yeah. So since um, it's reopened, I encourage our, our youth, if they could bring gospel trucks and uh -huh. pass out in, with their classmates. And that's what they did. They go out to their classroom and they were passing out gospel trucks. And, um, and, and you know what? We were surprised with, with the response of these young people. And yeah. most of them says, we've been living in 21st century, but they never seen or read gospel trucks yeah. before. And soon as they understood the gospel trucks, mm -hmm. they were even asking for more so that they could even bring it to their loved ones at home. Yeah. So those are some of the approach that we do in evangelizing. I think I think that tracks are such a practical oh, yeah. thing and a practical tool. I think yeah. here in the States, a lot of times they'll get a bad reputation. But when you see just this small booklet in front yeah. of you yeah. and it guides you on how to go through the gospel with them if... They have questions and you can stop yeah. or if they don't want to do it then maybe they'll open it up later you yeah. never know yeah. so in your travels you've you've been all over the world i know that you're you're doing a, a race across the states right now yeah. Yeah. um have you found there to be any differences in how you approach people about the gospel in the philippines as compared to other places around the world well um I had few experiences here in the States of sharing the gospel. Mm -hmm. I guess because of, of um, number one is the language barrier. Yes. And then um, we are national, we're, we're, we're foreigner, and uh -huh. most of the Americans would not just listen to us that easily. But, 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 but based on our experience, culturally, I've seen... Uh, Let's say I've seen um, some differences with our approach. Mm -hmm. Well, culturally, back in the Philippines, since the Philippines is in, uh, they consider in Southeast Asia that Philippines is the only Christian country. Okay. I guess that help us help us mm -hmm. uh, and help the people that they were so receptive when it comes yes. to the gospel because they were brought out with this environment that whatever offer. I mean. Everything is spiritual that offers every I mean offers you, they will accept it. Okay. And that's the thing with the Filipinos. Uh, they are more op they are more receptive okay. when it comes to the word of God or even with God. Yeah. I, I based on our experience here in the States, one time uh, we were in um, in uh, Alabama and we were eating the continental breakfast and uh -huh. I've seen this man with his son. Of course, as a as a friendly missionary, I suppose <laughs> I tried to open up a conversation until we came up with with a conversation about religion, what I do, mm -hmm. and I said I'm a missionary. And you know what the guy told me? He said I'm an atheist. I mm. don't believe in God. And I started making conversation. So at first we were having a good conversation, but when I started telling him about God. Or asking him about God, you know what he told me? Uh, that's not even a question. So he don't mm. consider, yeah, you know, much more closed off to even having when it comes to God. Yeah. yeah. 
in comparison to the Philippines, I mean, whatever you tell them about God, they would listen to you. Yeah. Uh, they would entertain you. They would, they would, you know, they will accept whatever everything you tell them, mm -hmm. especially with, with uh, time, time of the year. I mean, we, because of the COVID, yeah. they've seen the effect of it, many deaths and everything. Mm -hmm. So it seems people are scared. I yeah. mean, the Filipino got scared to, and they were scared to die. And they were only looking for God, for hope. Yeah. And and that's what we're using right now. So that's that's good. It's it's interesting to hear those cultural differences. I yeah. feel like something that's happening in the states right now is yeah. Christians are afraid to fear, to share their faith yeah. just because they're afraid of the response they're going to get. Yeah. Um, which the worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to say, "I'm not interested" or "I don't want to talk about it." Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but there's always that chance that they could be open to it. Yeah. So we're trying to, I think, navigate how to train people better in, in having those types of mm -hmm. gospel conversations. Um, so that's helpful. Thank you. Um, so tell us a little bit of an, about how you can share the gospel to different ages then. Well, different ages, different approaches. Okay. I think that's that's. <laughs> Well, with children, um, um, we use the feeding ministry to approach okay. children. And my kids are a big help on this ministry. Uh, we have two ladies in our church who prepares the meal. And then my children would gather up children. Mm -hmm. And then they will, Bible, they will teach Bible lesson. They will ask them to memorize verses. Okay. And then we, we, they see to eat that before leaving those children... They would share the gospel, and, mm -hmm. and and we were able to lead them to the Lord. Okay. So in 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 children, we use the the feeding ministry to reach them. With the youth, well, back in the Philippines, sports is like a religion. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we've been using. In fact, in my early days in my ministry, I started basketball to to reach the young people, and and one time I started a small small competition what do you call that a small game games okay we have like five or six teams okay and i challenge them if whoever wins the championship i might bring them to a certain resort <laughs> you know and but before that so when in our first day of that competition uh, we were like 50 or 60 young people okay so i took that chance to share the gospel mm -hmm. and we we played like Five weeks. So before the game, oh, wow. we usually have uh, before the game we usually have um, Bible study first. Mm -hmm. As a result, after five weeks of of weekly games, as a result of that sports evangelism, we have, I've seen many. I mean, they started to come in our church, mm -hmm. and out of that sixteen young people that participated on that game, there were like. Seven of them surrendered for full-time service. Oh, that's amazing. And until now, they are pastoring a church. Wow. And 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 they still, you know, they're still thinking mm -hmm. that event that without the sports, they may not probably heard the gospel. Yeah. So, and I saw that very effective with young people. And until now, we're using that um, approach for the young people like sports. Mm -hmm. Uh, not only for, for basketball, but also for for volleyball. Okay, I was going to ask what what sports you guys do, but awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, well, you know, although the Filipinos are kind of sm small and short, <laughs> uh, 
well, basketball is the main sport yeah. in the Philippines, and and I use that, and, and of 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 course with the ladies they use volleyball, mm -hmm. and so we're using that. And then with with um, with um, the adults, I use the approach of starting small groups. Okay, we do it uh, in their place or even in our church, mm -hmm. so we have that small groups. Okay, so yeah, like Bible study is good. Yeah, Bible study. Yeah which I involve our members, train them, and, yes. and start their own yeah. Bible study. In fact, this um, during the time of pandemic, because we were closed down for more than two years, mm. that means we didn't have any regular service, face-to-face -face service. Yeah. So one day I was asking the Lord, Lord, what will I do now? I mean, I don't yeah. want our people to stumble in their faith. So God gave me an idea of making Bible study lesson, mm -hmm. and I was sending it to our members. So with that, I mean, our, our, some of our men participated mm -hmm. and they started this family altar with their members. Yeah. And then uh, later, uh, this family altar grew and they even invited their relatives. Mm -hmm. And it became a small group. Yeah. And later it grew from small group. It became a village church. That's awesome. So yeah. during the time of pandemic, uh, we were able to start six village churches mm. because of the Bible study method that we use. Yeah. And they're still meeting until now. Uh, they meet every week with different times mm -hmm. just to cater this, uh, the neighborhood yeah. to come and attend. Because they cannot go to town proper because we're not allowed to gather right. big crowd because of the pandemic yep. until now. Yeah. So so that's it's been effective. And, and as I said... I trained 10 men, actually last September 11 of 2021. Mm -hmm. uh, we commissioned 10 of our men to become full-pledged preachers. And six of them opened their house mm -hmm. for a village church. Yeah, It's like a home church yeah. in the village. That's exactly what it is. And they were like averaging not less than 30 people every wow. time they have the service. Uh -huh. That's that's incredible, and you you got challenged in a new way during COVID because you had to figure out how to get yeah. a lesson out to mm -hmm. out to these men, and yeah. uh, that's just another way to see God God moving, and it ties right back into what you said at the beginning of how you guys kind of do your mission is yeah. you train your people to yeah. reach your yeah. people, so that's it's it's that same concept, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, with, uh, in addition to COVID, I mean. Um, to some, COVID gave them a lot of trouble. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. we got members lost their job. We, it, it gives perplexity in life, you know. Mm -hmm. But with us, COVID, we, we've seen it as a possibility or opportunity, mm -hmm. more, more on an opportunity rather than trouble. Yes. And we're taking that chance, yeah. chances. Well, what else is happening in your ministry? What's on the horizon for you guys? Um, well... 20 years from now, I've been, uh, what do you call that, visualizing. <laughs> 20 years from now, we are hoping to put up 25 churches in our town. Okay. We have 49 villages, mm -hmm. and I've been praying that we could have 25 churches mm -hmm. in, in our town to put up church building, to train 25 more men yeah. to, to spread out the gospel in our village. Mm -hmm. Well. Bear, bear, bear in mind that in our town, in Agu Ulo Union, it is a Catholic 
saturated area. Okay. And it's really a mission field. Yeah. And most of our people are blinded with their self-righteousness. Mm -hmm. But I know with the gospel, they can be freed with the gospel. Yes. And that's, that's 20 years from now, that's my vision. Okay. I want to see 25 churches all over our, our, our area. Mm -hmm. We have like 250 in population. Okay. And, I want, I, and I'm, I'm praying that, I already told the guy, and this is my vision. And then someday we will see 25 churches. Mm -hmm. And along with that, um, we are hoping that we can have a big place that we could cater all these people. And that's why we're trying to raise money to put up a multi-purpose building. Okay. It is like an open, op, what do you call that? Uh, open room. Uh, it, it, it would have a big, uh, like a multi-purpose building. Yeah. It can be used for special gatherings like uh, our big Sunday. Worship. Worship, and, yeah, mm -hmm. for sports. Okay. So that's, that's one of our purpose of coming yeah. over here. Okay. Well, that's great. Uh, it's so good to hear that you guys are, are reaching the Philippines and that you have those goals in mind. Um, and it's not your goals. It's, it's probably God's vision yes. that he's given to you uh, with the 25 churches and then with the multi-purpose building. Is there anything that we can do as a church to, to help support you guys um, or you know, just to further your ministry? Well, first, continue to pray for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, continue to pray for our ministry. Continue to be partners with us mm -hmm. in reaching out our people. And secondly, um, we we need some financial assistance, I suppose, um, to support those twenty-five churches, okay. to su to support those twenty-five pastors and their families, and also with this multi-purpose uh, multi building. Before I left the country as an architect to draw as a okay. uh, a picture of what I want to have. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember three years ago, uh, we acquired a property. It's about three and a half acres of land. I do remember that. And yes. I, I remember when I was presenting this to the church, mm -hmm. I, told, I told the church that once we got this, we will start raising domestic animals. <laughs> and, and, and that's what we did mm -hmm. during the time of pandemic. We acquired the property in... In January 11 of 2021, okay, and uh, and because of I mean and and soon soon as we got that we got this pandemic came and we got many members that lost their job, so I offered them if they would like to come in our campsite and plant vegetable, to help out their family. Yep, and most of the ladies responded mm -hmm. and they came over and used use small spot in our campsite and they planted vegetable. And whenever we have harvest, they'll just come there and pick yeah. beige, fresh vegetables uh -huh. so that they have, they, they can feed their family. Mm -hmm. And along with that, during the time of pandemic, uh, I, I, we started raising domestic animals. Mm -hmm. We raised 750 ducks. Whoa. <laughs> uh, we're in, we get like 450 duck egg every day. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> and, um, and we are making products out of the duck egg. Okay. We, we are making salted egg. Okay. Which the process is we have to bury them in the ground for 15 days. I've never heard of that. <laughs> and then after you bury them, in, after 15 days, you have to clean it up. Of okay. course, we put salt, uh, dirt. Yeah. 
to to coat the egg uh -huh. and bury them for 15 days and after that we clean up and cook them for about six to eight hours okay and and it's a it's 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 well i guess most of the farmers are buying this yeah uh they they'll buy this and they'll bring it to the field to the farm and they'll just what they just need is to bring rice and they can eat it with okay. the salted egg gotcha and the other product we do with the duck egg because we're getting 450 a day uh-huh so we make balut okay what's that <laughs> well balut is one of our delicacy so we incubate the duck egg for 18 days okay and when it's about to hatch okay we take it out from the incubator and boil them like 45 minutes. Okay. I don't know if you can picture it in your mind. No. <laughs> you incubate the duck egg for 18 days, where, which once you take it out from the incubator, uh -huh. there is a fully developed duck inside. Okay. So we boil that for 45 days. Uh, no, 44, <laughs> 45 minutes. And then uh, when you crock it, you see the whole okay. thing inside. And this is like a, a Philippine a delicacy. delicacy. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And most people are buying this, especially those um, those hardworking men. Yeah. And they were like eating at least three balloots every day. Okay. So I gave those to our members and okay. they were selling it during the time of pandemic. Okay. And and it's helping them financially. Yeah. And as a result of that, eggs also uh, we were able to support three local pastors. Okay. During the time of pandemic. Yeah. So we're not only raising dogs, chicken, mm -hmm. but also we have turkeys, rabbits, uh, we have geese. All kinds of stuff. All kinds of, <laughs> and, and goats, sheep. And uh -huh. most of these animals were donated by our members yeah. so that we could raise them in our campsite and eventually we can use it for our campsite to become self-sustainable. Yeah, it's like a community farm and yeah. garden area. Yeah. yeah. I don't call it community farm, but right, it's a church-based farm because yes. <laughs> mostly the church members are involved. Okay. In it. So, yeah. and that's what we're trying, that's what we're doing now. Okay. In, well, with our ministry. And well, one of our purpose of coming over here is that we're raising funds to build that multi-purpose building. Yeah. And we will put it right in our, in our campsite. Okay. And because we want to use that for future ministry like camp, sports evangelism mm -hmm. and everything. Okay. And, and, and this architect drove me a picture and I asked him how much it will cost to build this. And he told me it's about $40,000 okay. to construct everything. It, may, it, would, it, would, it will be made out of concrete and, and metal. Okay. So in $40,000, we can able to raise that. Okay. But I'm still hoping and praying that before we go back to the Philippines in February 7, um, we can able to raise the remaining funds that we need. Because okay. as of the moment, we're still short of $5,000. You're short $5,000 Yeah, we're still goal. short of $5,000. Okay. And we're hoping and praying that before we go back to the Philippines on February 7, we will have the whole amount so that we could start constructing this okay. multipurpose building. Yeah. Well, absolutely. We're happy to to get the word out to our church and our community um, about your goal, and hopefully, we'll be able to help you meet it before February seventh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, we're so glad to be partners with you guys. I know that um, Mark is always so happy whenever you guys are in town, since he's known you for so long, yeah. um, and the church just has a really good relationship with you. So, 
thank you for coming today and, and your family. I know you guys are so busy traveling around the States right now, but it's special that you got to come here and visit Porterfield. So um, we just are going to be praying over you for safe travels back and just continued praise for your ministry. But so thank you for coming today, Jason. Yeah. Well, it's my honor and thank you for the privilege of of sharing our vision. And I have, before I, I, I leave the stage or something, uh, here's my, 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 my goal in life. If God gave you the vision, He will give you the provision. Okay. That's very good. <laughs> we need to get a quote, a quote line for you to put up in the church. <laughs> but, okay, well, we will just remain to be in contact and we will um, do everything that we can for you to help you meet your goal. So, well, thank you. Allison. Thank you for coming, Jason. Yeah, thank you too.